0: On today's episode of the Gaucho 9 podcast, we have another recent Gaucho draft pick who's been crushing it in the minor leagues over the last couple of years, more specifically in AAA this season. He is a recurring guest, and he is a member of the Memphis Redbirds of the St. Louis Cardinals organization. It is Michael McGreevy, who is here to talk about his summer pitching in AA and AAA. had a lot of fun with him. Uh, Talking about being one call away, talking about some diet, some travel, some rotation stuff, and uh, just uh, strictly baseball. So a lot of fun with Michael McGreevy, and this episode is brought to you as always by our friends at Kyle's Kitchen, proud supporters of the Gaucho 9 podcast and UCSB Baseball. They have been fueling the Gauchos pregame for better part of five plus years now, so Uh, Great supporters, and we can't thank Kyle's Kitchen enough. All right, let's get to Michael McGreevy. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. Here's the one-strike pitch and Mitchell belts is the deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. And Curley pulls back the home run. And the Gauchos are going to win the game. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? Borgonio is back. He's going to turn and watch this one fly. A two-run homer for Claussen. And the score is due. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. Willits will make the catch. And the Gauchos are 2022 Big West champions. All right, here we go. It's Michael McGreevy. And this is a take two for us because I'm a dunce and accidentally deleted not only the audio that we recorded when you were driving home from Memphis to San Clemente and then edited it and then had it on my desktop and then accidentally threw it in the garbage with some other edits that I had and then deleted the video, which coincides with it that also has audio after I was cleaning up after recording with Chris Troy yesterday. And so we lost it. I lost it. And since I don't have a producer or anybody keeping tabs on where all my things are, sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle. So I apologize, Mike, because it was probably the best interview that you've ever done and that you ever will do.
1: It's not true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it it was fun because you were in the car driving from like yeah. Amarillo, Texas. Yeah. New right. Mexico. We were a and, little bit, we were a little bit North Am- Amarillo in
1: absolute nowhere USA.
0: Yeah. And you're commenting on what you were seeing and there was like road construction going on and you paused like one time, like, hang on, there's road construction. We got to stop. I had and, to, I had mini to panic me. mode.
1: I had to tell the driver it was okay to keep driving because the lane was quite, quite open. There was no stop. I'm like, keep going, keep going. It's fine.
0: (laughs) Well, so that was that was last week. So you finished up the minor league season. This is a Thursday, October fifth. You finished up the minor league season, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before. Yeah, the twenty fourth in Memphis, and you had your girlfriend there, and you guys decided to do a road trip back to California. So. When we caught, when I caught up with you, it was like day two or something of the trip. And it looked like, sounded like you guys had some, some big plans, but yeah. just give us, give us the rundown of, of the road trip. Cause when you're out playing minor league ball and, and you're young and youthful, like you, like you are, instead of just doing rage cage back across the country solo, you're like, all right, let's actually make a trip out of this.
1: <laughs> solo uh yes i mean i did the road trip last year um straight from springfield missouri all the way home and that only took me like two days i went to dallas then I went to abilene and then i went from abilene texas all the way home and i did 17 hours in a day so i tried to make it a little more fun this year went so we went from memphis uh, memphis to dallas to see one of my childhood best friends and his fiance uh down there took them out took them out to a nice dinner uh, caught up with them then we went from dallas to denver did some uh cool hikes up there went to a tyler childers concert which is actually my first concert um and it was in red rock so it was kind of a cool little first concert at a pretty iconic and, uh,
0: first concert ever
1: yeah, first concert ever swear i wow the guy, the guy at the ticket uh who's checking us in didn't believe me he thought i was lying and i promise it's it's the first one i was either thinking it was Gonna be I was thinking it was gonna be Revolution, honestly. It was gonna be my first concert, but Tyler Childers uh was a very special act too. So very talented.
0: Yeah, I've never been to Red Rocks, I've heard amazing Uh-oh. things about it. The
1: acoustics were awesome. But yeah. went then the next day I went from Denver to Salt Lake slash like Provo. And I saw another childhood friend that goes to the University of Utah, took him out to dinner. And then we were supposed to go to Zion and then my road trip partner, uh, girlfriend, fell under the weather and we decided to go from Provo all the way home to San Clemente. So Zion will have to wait, but it's something I definitely want to check off in the future.
0: So about five days, five yes. days from Memphis all the way back home and uh, you're crashing with your parents. Yes, to shout Zion. out shout out the McGreevy.
1: The <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gotta shout them out. Uh well that's good. I mean it's you're you're into the off season. You had a great Triple A season. That's why we're we're coming on uh, to talk to you today.
1: Oh so if I didn't have a good season, you wouldn't want to talk to me, Kevin. That's tough.
0: Well, we we need to highlight the good things. Yeah, you right. need to you're highlight right. the the top performances. <laughs> so right. yeah, you know, we're we're doing some Chris we're doing Chris Troy, we're doing Marcos Castanon, we're doing Corey Lewis, you know, the gauchos they had a pretty good summer.
1: Gauchos had a very good summer. That's in the minor
0: good. leagues. Did did you ever did you ever come across or face another gaucho? i no, I say so, no.
1: Corey Lewis, the high A for the Minnesota Twins, and the A are both in leagues that the Cardinals affiliates are in. So the Midwest League, Peoria Chiefs, the Cardinals, and the Cedar Rapid Colonels for the Minnesota Twins are in the same one. Even the Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne, Tin Caps, for the Padres are well in the Midwest League. And then both those guys would be in the Texas League as well. So the Wichita Wind Surge for the Twins, which would be Corey, uh, I'm assuming next year, and Marcos, who is with the San Antonio Missions in the Texas League as well. And I, I was out of high A. Corey got to high a this year. I mean, obviously it was a year before he got drafted. So um, no shot there, but I'm sure down the road. And then Marcos made it up to double-A the next year when I was already – I was repeating double-A. you started
0: in double-A this year, so and then he was, got promoted to double-A maybe about the same time that you got bumped up to triple-A. Yes. Or maybe a little after.
1: Exactly. So if, if we were all kind of same draft, <laughs> up, same kind of like progression, I'm sure we would have faced each other, but different timetables and stuff like that. And, you know, different positions play a part as well, so – true but it's cool it's down the road uh I'm sure that we'll be seeing each other in the big league soon enough
0: there you go you keep in touch with with those guys or anybody else from team zero you know, at,
1: at the very least you reach out like when you see something good happen like you always like go on the milb app and just kind of look at box scores and see oh did Marcus have oh Marcus hit a homer like Cole hit a Cole went two for three like oh Troy punched the side Corey went six scoreless like Rod like did this and Like you just like you look at all these guys that like we played with before, and it's really awesome to see how the um all their success.
0: So you started the year at Double A, Springfield, that's in Missouri. Yes, and then promoted to Triple A Memphis, which is in the International League. So three starts in Double A, two and a record, one point four five ERA, eighteen and two thirds innings, and you spent. Last year, most of last year in Double A, so you got pretty used to Springfield. You made twenty starts last year in Springfield, six and yeah. four, and then got promoted to Triple A this year after those three starts. You spent the majority of the year, yeah, in Memphis pitching in Triple A. Yes, so one hundred and fifty three innings in total, thirteen and six, worthy of podcast interview on the Goucher Night Pod. Uh, worthy, right? You couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't win fifteen games. Uh, I mean,
1: I guess I couldn't. There was definitely some games where I think uh, I got snaked from some wins to try to get to 15, but at the same time, I was definitely let off the hook um, a lot of times. Okay,
0: um, by my So it could have been it was more, it yeah. would more likely have been 10 losses than 15 wins.
1: Yeah, I think it was mm-hmm. more closer to 10 losses than yeah. 15 wins. But luckily, I had a very good offense with a lot of guys that made their major league debuts this year or at least went back up to the bigs that know how to handle the stick pretty well. So they uh, they were able to scratch some runs um, when I did not have a great day.
0: There you go. Well, another thing that sparked this was that I, I saw you. I was in Durham back in early August. I was playing some golf out in, in North Carolina with some friends, and we went to a Durham Bulls game, and coincidentally, you were there at the same time, so reached out. And you got me some tickets after we had purchased some tickets. The tickets that we purchased were in a better section. I I think I made that joke the first time recorded, yeah. so I had, I had to repeat it. But yeah, I was waiting. For I, it. I was I was anticipating like, like right section like right behind the visitor dugout. Yeah. You know, fifth row. You know, so I can chirp you the whole game. I think we wound up moving down to the front, anyways. But Durham, that stadium in Durham is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's really cool.
1: Has a great setup.
0: I know if, if people have seen the movie, they know about the Durham Bulls. It's it's not the same stadium from the movie, but it's they have got a really good thing going. Got the Bull. And, and some guy in the game that I went to,
1: yeah, I believe a, a uh, Springfield. My, Yvonne, Yvonne, Herrera, Yvonne Herrera, my catcher, he hit the Bull. He did not mistake stake, though. I think it's just for the home team.
0: <laughs> but so we went to the game, I think it was Thursday. You wanted to pitch it on Sunday. Got touched up a little bit. I think you were maybe in a in a low part of your year, but you finished strong down the stretch. I think your last five starts you went four and one.
1: Yeah, I mean that's and that's all part of the year. You're gonna have I think when I got to when I would when the season started in double A and my first felt like six, seven starts in triple A. I was just I was rolling. Like everything felt like oh, six innings, two runs. like quality start, quality start, quality start, which is like a goal of a pitcher to go deep into games, you know, give up as little runs as you can. But runs are going to happen. And then, like, as you go throughout the year, teams catch on or um, people give you advice. And, like, that always want the best for you and stuff. But you take it, me being coachable, me having coaches like Cheggis, DJ, all those guys at Santa Barbara, like, knowing that I can use coaching my to become a better player, use that. And it kind of gets you away from your game a little bit. And it took me a sec to kind of realize, like, hey, I know they mean well. We prepared all off season for this. We need to stick with what we're good at. Let's, try, let's not try to be anything different. And kind of when you saw me, I was still kind of in that, okay, what do we do? What do we do? But then after we went to Durham, um, I really felt like I kind of hit the ground running again, kind of um, realized who I was. And we finished strong, which was nice, but that was not a fun period um, in Durham as well. I mean, it's a good team, five innings, three runs. That's a very painfully average day, like definitely below average for sure, but it pained to just go five and get touched up the way I did. But it's all part of the growing process. I mean, definitely growing pains for sure, being 23 and AAA, but it's all part of the process, and I'm here for it.
0: This might be a bad question, but I mean, obviously you want to have a good start every time you want to have quality start or you want to go the distance or you want to get six, seven, no one, maybe two runs. Like that's a good start. Quality start. <laughs> would you rather just like get lit up for three innings or would you rather have a painfully average start?
1: Uh, like, maybe, maybe
0: up. if you're having, if if you get lit up, maybe you're trying a new pitch or, or something. And like, it didn't work. And you're like, okay, I can scrap that. But if it's painfully average, you're just like, well, I didn't go up or down. Like, yeah. What was uh, the point uh, of that? I,
1: I'd rather be pain. I would rather have that kind of meth day, five innings, three okay. runs. and three that's, innings, that's what I was anticipating. Three innings eight. Because at the same time, like, even if like, you don't necessarily like go super long or you don't limit a lot of runs you can, you're at least getting your team through the game, and you can, there's certain things you could always do as a pitcher, I think, which is try to go deep into games and field your position well. And I think that even if you go five, you still – if you're losing, you only got three more innings to pick up from the bullpen. If you're winning, they need to cover four. So it's kind of like, a, hey, you're helping them out at least, and you're another infielder in there, so you can try to just get through innings.
0: Right, I, I got to think about the rest of the game. Obviously, you'd want to leave in six innings for the bullpen to cover. Not very nice, but leaving maybe four, like (laughs) they,
1: they might give you more generous.
0: They might give you a stank eye in the clubhouse (laughs) if you send them
1: out there too early.
0: Well, a few career highs for you this year: thirteen wins. Obviously, we covered that. One hundred and fifty-three innings. We covered that. 177 hits allowed. Yeah, that's a career uh, high. <laughs> you know, career high, is 75 runs allowed. Uh, batting average against was 286. You know, in, in a full year, that's that's career high. Also, career high, 38 walks. And it, we we covered this in the first recording. I think it was a good part of it. Yeah. So I want to bring it back up. But, you know, it, you were like a, a Shane Bieber 2.0 when you were at UC Santa Barbara. Lots of strikeouts, lots of innings, lots of hits allowed. But, like, barely any walks and 30 walks last year 38 walks in total this year and you said something to me the first time around that was that was really great uh, about the walks but so i want to joke and say yeah. like i mean career high 38 walks like what's going on mike like you're yeah. losing
1: <laughs> definitely definitely not losing it uh so a big thing i've learned is like we talked about growing pains is that um these hitters are really good and you have to give credit where credit's due. You're not just facing like, oh, the seven, eight, nine in college. And you're just completely better than them. And you could throw a 3-0 fastball, 3-1 fastball, 3-2 fastball, and you're out of it. And you oh, you didn't walk anyone, and they rolled over and got themselves out. In the minor leagues, you're facing Marcos Castanon, probably every at-bat, or at least a guy like him, um, if not better. And Marcos would probably kill me. <laughs> hear me say that. But they're only getting they're only getting better and they're minimizing the miss on mistake pitches and throwing a 3-1, oh, get me over fastball because I don't want to walk anybody. Um, they're going to hit for a double and it's no longer just a guy in first base for a walk. It's a guy in second base. Maybe an RBI comes across. So a big thing was kind of just reading the game. And so you kind of have to walk some part of the game and I'm not – Saying, oh, I need to walk more guys. It's just knowing when to walk guys. So, say there's a guy in second base, like one out, two out, maybe lefty up, three hitter that dominates righties. And there's a righty on deck who sucks with sinkers inside. That's my game. The catcher's going to look at me, point to his head, be smart, which I also now realize, like, hey, like there's a better matchup on deck that we can get a double play in weak ground ball to get us out of the inning without even having to worry about a run score. So we're going to pitch around him competitively. We're not going to stick the glove out and intentionally walk him, but we're going to keep pitches close. If he doesn't swing after 3-0, then we'll kind of throw a fastball outside and walk him and get to the next guy. And I think out of the 38, I want to say at least half of those were kind of picking our battles to really try to get the favorable matchup. And I'm not saying that it works every time. Like it's, it's a gamble like it's putting another guy on to try to get a better matchup to try to get a double play um face a guy I want to face instead but it doesn't work every time but but for the most part it worked out very well and I think that like plays into all the stats being good like having a good year stuff like that but it's being mature enough to say hey like I know I'm a good pitcher I think I'm better than this guy, but I need to kind of swallow my pride, pitch around him a little bit because I know I can get that guy. And there were certain times where I got sloppy with that this year. I kind of got away from the game plan as well, and that's why I think the hits are up as well. The batting average against was up. Um, But I was able to limit damage, which was good, which uh, led to an overall good year, kind of winning games but I think it's something that to next year I'll take the the mindset of like picking the battles as well as like being able to swallow the pride and say like, Hey, even though I know I'm better than this guy, I'm not going to even give him the chance to try to um kind of hurt me.
0: Well, yeah. And in triple a, you're facing guys, probably a lot of guys that have major league experience. So they're up at that level for a reason. They can, they can pick apart a part of pitcher who's leaving stuff out up in the zone where they can handle it in a leverage count. Yeah, big time. That's good stuff. Talk about the rotation, because you you told me that you wound up pitching a lot on Sundays uh, this year, which means you're pitching during the day instead of at night. But, like, the difference between the rotation in college versus rotation early in, like, single A, and then when you get to triple A, the difference in what days you're pitching and how much rest you get in between.
1: Yeah, so obviously college, there's just a three-man rotation, and you got the Tuesday guy. So I guess for – um but you're on a week-to-week basis in college which gives you a lot of rest and like you're still young and like you're still growing into like your body so it's good rest and it's a good like long week of work you could get a couple lifts in bullpen and you're all good to go and you're right and like just let it eat like 100 percent in pro ball there's a five-man rotation obviously the bigs have five starting pitchers in the minor leagues however um, in low and high, sometimes there's a six man rotation, which isn't common, which means that each guy is pitching one day of the week, just like in college. And now that, like, kind of we're maturing and we're getting used to the 150 games of minor league ball, looking to get to 162 in pro ball, um, it's too much rest sometimes. And what was kind of a bummer after the trade deadline is that we got. Three new starting pitchers to come to Memphis after the trade. Like when we traded um uh oh, uh Jordan. Flaherty. Flaherty. Yeah, Jordan Hicks, Jack Flaherty. We got uh two starters from the Blue Jays and I got a starter from the Orioles. And so they all came to AAA, and then we had six, seven guys who were starters, and we're like, whoa, 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 which one of us is not gonna pitch? And so, like, they figured it out, sent a guy to the bullpen. Uh, one guy was kind of down on the injured list, so he still was coming back. But I was, unfortunately, the odd man out pitching Sunday every day. And in Memphis, Tennessee, it's hot. It's hot and humid, and we wear these baggy powder blue jerseys, which look cool, but they don't <laughs> breathe well. They sure don't breathe well, but they're cool. And it got to a point after my first uh, time getting roughed up Really roughed up, not a painfully average start, a not-so-fun start, which was like three innings, eight runs, maybe seven. And I kind of started complaining, like, why do I always pitch Sunday? Like, oh, "Oh, what was me and stuff? And I'm like, I, what am I training for? I want to get to the big leagues. It's a five-man rotation. Why are we doing a six-man so close to the bigs? And that was kind of an adjustment. That's kind of around the time you saw me in Durham was when I was pitching every Sunday. and. Eventually, like I was able to pitch the last game of the year on a Saturday, which was really cool. But it took a lot of just kind of me saying, so what? Remembering, like thinking about what Checkets and DJ would say to me. Be like, oh, like you can't pitch on a Sunday. Boo-hoo. Oh, it's hot, Michael. Oh, you're not good enough. You need to pitch under the lights. Oh, you did this your sophomore year. You pitched the Sunday guy. And so after I kind of <laughs> if I when I thought like that and remember what they might say – I'm like, you know what? Like, it's it's not that bad, even though it's hot. I I'm good enough to get through it. I started running um before day before um before my day started, just to kind of build some endurance to get through that. And this whole season was just a bunch of compensating and adjusting, and you kind of have to figure your way out through things. But if I
0: could choose not to. I would not pitch Sundays. There you go. <laughs> well, <laughs> so you fight. You're fighting through that. You're yeah. fighting through that, and then, and you're also fighting through the mental battle of, yeah. All right, I'm I'm in AAA. I'm one call away. Yeah. They just they just traded Flaherty. Wainwright's going to retire. Like my shot's coming. How are you fighting through that and trying to be competitive and and staying present?
1: Yeah, I mean that's a it's a huge thing. Like you don't really realize it. Like the first two days i was in AAA. it was the last like two day two days of their homestand before we went to durham for our first road series or my first road series and the club he's like hey pack a pair of white pants i'm like why we're going on the road for a week and we're coming back he's like oh if you get called up and i'm like oh like yeah shoot like just in, just to have a white pair oh. of pants if we go to st louis which is so silly like just like saying it but it's like oh yeah like i guess that the week.
0: simple, the simplest thing yeah, the simplest can thing just, can, just, can just rattle you
1: just rattle you and like that didn't <laughs> rattle me i got pitched fine that week but i was like whoa like we're really just like one call away and like your, your heart skips a beat a little bit you're yeah like, and then oh. like then you see the first guy get called up and then like the first guy who to make his debut gets called up it's like oh my gosh and then you see like kind of business aspects of things start working Like, uh, Flaherty getting traded, and I actually stayed with him in spring training. So I texted him, and I was like, hey, like, I know it's all part of the business. Thanks for everything. He's like, yeah, man, like, pretty crazy. Uh, If you need anything in St. Louis, just let me know. And so that was crazy seeing staples of the Cardinals for years leave, and then you see open spots up top. And I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't thinking about it, and I'm sure everyone in the Memphis clubhouse was thinking about it but it's about training yourself to kind of be where you are, be present. Nothing. Well, I guess playing well could help, but like you we're not the, we're not the ones that make the decisions. And I always tell like people like, Oh Michael, like, are you like, when do you think you'll make it? It's like, well, if it was up to me, I'd be there yesterday and I'd be in St. Louis from opening day. Cause that's what I think of myself. But it's like, it's not our decision. It's the guys in the front office. Um, It's the manager up there and it's, not a it's not our decision to make so I think once I realized that and just tried to be the best pitcher I could be for the AAA Memphis Redbirds and win as many games that's also one of the reasons that got me through that kind of rough period um around the time you saw me in Durham
0: but the Cardinals at the big league level they had a, a an off-year kind of a rare off-year little rebuilding of sorts but they still got some good pieces they got Arenado, they got Goldschmidt and and they have a pretty healthy minor league system and you've played with a number of these of these guys who are coming up to make their debuts. Uh I know that uh Luke and Baker hit a homer in the game that I was at. I think he finished second in the minors with like thirty three homers, something like that. But like who else do you play for? Did you play with um well Mason win for one? Right. Mason, and then and Mason. then the g- the guy who stole uh, all those bases. I don't think you played with him, but no, I can't his name.
1: that's Victor Scott. He was yeah. a new draft guy from the 2022 draft class. And from what I hear, he's fast as hell. Um, I think 95 total stolen bases. Um, yeah, this is an absurd, absurd number. Yeah, I'll feel it. But yeah, he was in high A to start the year when I was repeating double A. And then I was out of there. And he kind of got called up to double A around the same time I got called up last year. It was about like little it before halfway kind of in june i think so um i would any guy that came up from double a i always ask about how the guys back there are doing if i run into somebody like oh how's like logan doing how's connor doing and i'm like oh like what do you think uh of, of scott and they're like he's fast he can lock it down and make some incredible plays so i mean if you think triple a is stacked for the cardinals with our organization you gotta look to the lower levels as well and Everybody's just rising. It's a good development program for everybody. They pick, they draft really good baseball players that know how to compete. So I think uh, the Cardinals will be just fine. If anyone was worrying,
0: how's how's Mason Win?
1: Oh my gosh! And I remember, I think in part one of our little podcast talk, you asked who would I rather start like a franchise with, Mason Win or Jordan Walker, and I that put me in a very big bind because I do not know Jordan Walker. Might be the best hitter I've seen and I've played with, just in terms of power, like hit tool, everything, for how young he is. Just being able to take his hit the other way, then absolutely turn on a fastball inside and hit it 450 feet. But then you hear, then you look at Mason. You play with Mason. He's got he's a five tool player: speed, arm, hit, like defense, everything. Like he's got it all. And he's an absolute spark plug and he can get an offense going. He can get a team going and he's an absolute leader in the clubhouse. And He's 21 years old, which is crazy. So I couldn't pick one, but both are just absolutely incredible talents.
0: And then of course, Luke and Baker, he hit a whole bunch of homers. We, we don't need to, uh, we don't, we don't need to uh, advertise for TCU, but. We got to respect the college players at this level. You
1: you have a little bit of respect (laughs) for the college guys. When you see them, like, even if, like, I dare to say, even if it was a Cal Poly guy, we faced uh, Brian Wu from Cal Poly, and he was hurt when we played him um, my junior year, so I never got to really see him pitch. And then I look on, like, we have a little roster of, like, I'm like, who is this guy? I know this guy. And it's like Cal Poly, I'm like, no way. And he <laughs> actually just shoved it. And he made his debut this year too. And I talked to him uh like afterwards. I'm like, hold I'm like, dude, you're into Cal Poly. He's like, yeah, dude. Like he shoved it up, he shoved it against us uh junior year. And I'm like, yeah, and then I faced Brooks Lee as well. And like
0: mm-hmm. he got
1: one he got one hit off me, and then I got him two other times. And like the, I was joking around with him Let's the next and he's like, you got me three times in college. You can at least give me one. Come on. <laughs> so like, it's cool. Always talking to the college guys. Like you had respect that they have like the same understanding of like mm-hmm. the journey as like you do. So it's really cool seeing the college guys. And like, you always have a little bit of respect for them no matter what program they came from.
0: Well, 27 starts 153 innings. It's a full year uh, off of uh, 28 and 144 and a third innings last year. So. You were pretty big when I saw it like like wow like Mike's he's a house he's, he's a he's a house now so are you Erdie came on last time and and had to joke about some of the stuff that you cook for yourself when you were in college is it still the same thing I, I don't know exactly what it is some kind of yeah. meat with rice cooked yeah. in an interesting way steamed steamed chicken it was that was
1: my sophomore year <laughs> I, I am thankful to have great roommates and johnny bloom alex ryer bryce woods mason ang um to really teach me how to cook chicken simple things like that because i like my mom like she taught me and she's like mike it's super easy just put the rice in put the chicken and steam it let it go for 25 minutes whatever and then you got your rice bowl. It's super. Like she's like, don't. She. My mom is a great cook. I'm not slandering anything right now. My mom is a great Careful. cook. Yeah, I'm. I'm back. I'm. <laughs> I'm really. I'm. Watching myself here. Like she makes great. <laughs> she's like, Mike, like I know you're busy, and stuff. you have things to do. This is a very simple way, and she's like, it's not very tasty, but it was a simple way to make like meal prep, like chicken and rice. And the second the guys saw that for the first time, they're like, Mike. What is that? And I'm like, oh it's it's my right. it's my chicken and rice bowl. like no, dude, that's disgusting. <laughs> so I eventually um, they taught me like they showed me how to make some good chicken and stuff like that. and then I'm um, a staple that my mom um, showed me how to do when I first went on my own. she's like, oh, I like got chicken uh, ground beef pasta, like marinara bowl, like a marinara pasta with ground beef. And that was a huge thing because it's really good, super easy to make. And I used that all this year. It was just like, okay, Monday off day, going to make my marinara pasta with ground beef bowls. So I made like six or seven of those. And I just have one a day. And wow. it's a good way to keep on weight, even though you're burning a lot of calories throughout the day and
0: bacon in the sun. Wait, And six-game series, so you're six days at home. Six days on the road. You're probably alternating week to week. Yeah, normally it's alternate right?
1: home away, home away. Sometimes you have two week home stands, and sometimes you have two week away stands.
0: Yeah, so you're probably you're probably dialing those in on at when you're at home. Yes. Are you yeah. are you bringing are you bringing that on the road with you? No. Nah. Some guys some guys do like
1: they bring a cooler. It's normally just for like a week and stuff. But um, they did a good job this year, like giving us um, like kind of pre game and post game meals. And there's always food around, like being in AAA, like you're in a little bit bigger cities. Um, like Durham had some great food spots to eat. So there was never really an issue of finding food. Yeah, And it's not like the minor league days of old where you're going three days and you're on a bus. So it's just, you're there for an entire week. So you can kind of get to know the city, really find some good food places. And if you need to, you can go to a grocery store and get groceries. So it's a good good time to be a minor leaguer. You don't want to be a minor leaguer, but you have to realize like it's not the worst thing in the world, especially with um minor leaguers in the past.
0: All right, let's do some quick hitters to finish off here. Best Triple A city. Ooh, hey you been to? Durham was pretty sweet. Um,
1: Indianapolis was awesome. Uh, we played there for the Fourth of July game, and there had to, man, I think there was like 14 to 15,000 people there and they packed every game like a oh, Thursday afternoon, like a, like a Thursday game or like a Wednesday game. It was packed.
0: So best, uh, best triple or sorry, double a, best double a spot. Springfield without a doubt. Springfield homes, your homes, your, home, your home spot.
1: Um, yes. Home spot. I think everyone will tell you the same thing. Springfield is
0: the spot. Uh, best, best performance of the year. Personally. Personally, uh either seven
1: seven shutout against the Cubs. I had a couple nine strikeout games um against Gwinnett and Jacksonville, but my favorite was going seven point two um against the Seattle Mares double double A team and I had I had like eighty pitches. And the manager took me out, and he's like, "Dude, if this was midseason, I'd let you go." I'm like, "Darn it, <laughs> so I'm still looking. I'm still looking for that complete game, but I got close."
0: Uh, toughest hitter you faced?
1: Toughest hitter I've faced. Dang, it's always. I try to like really let the hitters go. Like once the season's over, I try to really not think about it too much. <laughs> uh, frick, oh Oh, uh, Jonathan Aranda, I'd say. Oh, for the Durham. Durham. Yeah, he just made his I think debut. Or he's up. Well, they're not in the playoffs anymore. But he made his debut with the Rays a couple of weeks after we were there, and it just seemed like everything he threw him was like, dude, miss like at least get out once. Like, what happened? to three out of ten stuff. Like, I thought I was the one who's supposed to win more. <laughs> uh,
0: who's gonna play in the World Series? Ooh. So at this I'd point, want- we have at this point we have the division series set. So. Uh yeah, you, you have less I'd, less teams to pick from. I'd want to say the Braves, but I think they're gonna fizzle
1: out again. I think the Phillies are gonna do it again. Wow. Phillies, okay. so, Phillies I, in,
0: the, in the American League? Who who's coming from the American League? Rangers
1: are looking good. Probably, I'd want I'd want it to be Braves Orioles. I think that'd be a cool one. That'd be cool.
0: That'd be really cool.
1: I think it's gonna be the Phillies and the Rangers.
0: Okay, uh, I'm I'm all for the Rangers because uh, my friend Marcus plays for the Rangers.
1: Oh, and, that's right.
0: Yeah, but o- Orioles Braves would be cool because like the Braves, a lot of those guys have won it. They they've been the juggernaut this year, and then the Orioles are just the upstart, yeah. like young team, hungry, oh, really? full of I like young that, stars. And I hope the Braves
1: get to the world series. I just like I saw that that energy with the Phillies game last night, especially with Stotts home run. Electric. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like that's crazy.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh one one goal for the offseason. This would be the last one. One goal for the offseason.
1: One goal for the offseason. Ah. Uh, probably develop some more muscle mass uh fill out the body a little bit i thank you for saying oh mike's a house but we're not quite there yet so still need still a lot of work to do in the kitchen and uh working out
0: what's like the what's like the weight goal is there a weight goal uh
1: definitely i think like two body comp yeah 220 225 the body comps are weird i'm not going to get into the numbers because like right. every every org is different in terms of oh, body fat scale to muscle mass but there's a certain uh I'm 220 right now, but I definitely want to drop um, like some fat and just build muscle, kind of like the right way, instead of just oh, I'm gonna weigh as much as I can, mass equal gas. <laughs> I
0: want to do it. I want to do it the right way. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, this has been a treat. Uh, thanks for jumping on again. Uh, the, the road trip sounded like sounded like a good time. It would have been cool for the pod to have a you know a mid road trip recording, but you know what? This is gonna turn out better.
1: Yeah, it will. Turn out- Hopefully you don't believe it. I won't do it a third time, Kevin. I won't.
0: <laughs> okay. Pressure's on me. Pressure's <laughs> on me. All right. That, that's Michael McGreevy, former Gaucho, former first-round pick, and uh, doing AAA this year. So uh, have a great off season. We'll see you soon. Talk to you soon. Uh, be well, my friend.
1: Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. <music>
0: All right, thank you to Michael McGreevy, and thank you to our sponsor, Kyle's Kitchen. Hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, Lots of fun with McGreevy. It was a take two. We had recorded a couple of days earlier when he was on the road, and I thought it would be a good bit for the podcast to have him recording from the uh, the passenger seat of his car somewhere in the middle of nowhere, United States of America. But uh, I fumbled the bag, uh, as I said. And we had to do this one. But it worked out. Got some video that'll be up on social media uh, for you guys to watch as well. So hope you enjoyed the Chris Troy interview uh, from last week and what we posted. We'll keep doing that where you get to see the guys' faces and um, putting some clips up from the podcast. Next week, it's Marcos Castanon. First time that he's been on the podcast. Uh, had a great chat with him. He was uh, just starting his vacation in Hawaii, so it took some time out. Uh, to do that uh, this very professional loves hitting and uh, doing really well in A for the Padres so that's next week Marcos on. can't wait to uh, put that out for you folks and uh, that'll do it for this week on the gouch I podcast as always uh, we'll talk to you next week